Good afternoon, it's 12 o'clock and welcome to the Money Web at Midday show. This show is brought to you by the South African Institute of Chartered Accountants, leaders in business. My name is Raik Vinikak and it's a pretty uh, busy day today with many companies reporting results. This includes market giants like British American Tobacco and Anglo-American, which both reported uh, good and solid numbers. Nedbank also reported a trading update. And it seems as if its African business, Ecobank, has turned the corner. Property Group Into also reported results, but unfortunately all the most important numbers are red and the share price is being hammered. And uh, we are also approaching the business end of the BRICS summit. And it's clear that there is a united front against the U.S. threats to slap more tariffs on Chinese and other emerging market imports. And in a minute, I'll speak to Simon Brown of Just One Lap about these and other stories. And I'll also speak to Peter Major of KD's about the Anglo results. But first, let's uh, look at the indicators. The JSE All Share up uh, 0.88% uh, and is standing at 56,881 points, approaching 7,000 point actually uh, it has had a very good week this week resources uh, up 0.35 percent industrials has gained 1.1 percent financials up 1.3 percent and the gold index uh, has gained 1.9 percent on international markets the FTSE 100 is trading 0.04 percent down the DAX has gained 1.5 percent while the CIC 40 is also 0.8 percent higher Earlier in Southeast Asia, uh, the Nikkei uh, lost 0.12%. Shanghai uh, was down 0.8%, while the Hang Seng lost half of a percent. Let's look at individual shares. Uh, On the upside, BATS is trading 5.6% higher on the back of its results. Uh, Vodacom has gained 4.9%. Sabanya, 4.2%. Implats is trading 3.75% of a percent higher. Rainet also 3.4%. And Remgro up 2.6%. On the downside, Intu is uh, is being hammered. It's down 6.7%. AB Imbef is trading down 4.4%. Hammerson has lost 3.2%. Kiro uh, has uh, lost uh, 2%, while Kumba Iron Ore is also trading down by 2%. On the uh, let's look at currencies. The the, the rand is trading at 13 rand 18 against the dollar, 17 rand 38 against the pound, and 15 rand 44 against the euro. The uh, dollar is trading at 110 Japanese yen, the euro at $1.17, and the pound at $1.31. A Bitcoin is $8,267 or 113,960 rand. Gold is trading at $1,227, platinum at $838, Brent crude at $74.38, and on the capital market, the R186 is uh, trading at 8.62%. Simon Brown from Just One Lap is on the line. Uh, We are seeming to have a, a pretty decent week on equity markets. Afternoon, Rake. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, yesterday we ran hard and then and then gave much of it back. But certainly, you know, we're sitting on Thursday, and we've actually, rather than what we've been seeing over the last couple of weeks, is kind of you know Monday to Friday we we overall doing maybe half a percent up or down for the week. But so far, things looking uh, fairly positive and and relatively broad based. Today we've got financials running hard. 
Uh, earlier in the week, it was resources that you had a really, really good day. Um, but it, as we stand right now, looking for a, a really good day and perhaps even a, a, a good closeout for the week if we can sustain this through to the close tomorrow. Now, the rand is edging towards the 13 rand to the dollar mark. And it's actually interesting that the, the JSC is, is running uh, with a stronger rand. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, certainly the, the currency has improved a bunch. It was at some point earlier today uh, just under 13.11. Um, so it weakened a little since that, that, that sort of basic level. But what it's telling us, and what, what the rand really is, is that, you know, if the rand's stronger, it's because people are, are, are buying rands and, and they arrive with their dollars and they buy rands or something, which means money's coming into the economy. And that, that money's going into our bond market, it's going into our equity market. Um, and we certainly saw some stats, I think I read them on MoneyWeb earlier in the week, uh, that foreigners have been buying our, our, our bonds and our equities again. Firstly, small numbers compared to what they've been selling over the last many months and years. Uh, but there certainly seems to be some interest. And again, it goes back to the point, our, our bonds at around 8.6% yield uh, is attractive. Um, our equity market, certainly there are areas of it which you could make an argument are looking attractive. What I'm thinking, we've talked of this before, I think, Locally, uh, uh, sort of investors are, are feeling very skittish, and we continue to see fairly light volumes going through. Today, we've thus far only done 5.6 billion for the day, uh, which is which is means we're on track for probably a 13 or so billion day, which is down on what we would ideally like to see closer to 18 or 20 billion. Um, that has been a theme. The BRICS summit um, on day two, uh, a lot of talk, um, a lot of uh, threats, uh, a lot of saber rattling. What are your perceptions and uh, what do you think is the benefit for South Africa, if any? I mean, the immediate benefit, obviously, is that they're here in, in, in Johannesburg. It means that there's a you know, global spotlight, although truthfully not a, you know, we, we, this isn't a Brexit or a big deal like that or, or President Trump threatening trade wars or something. But it does mean that, that there's some focus being shifted, not just onto, onto South Africa, but onto, a, onto emerging markets. Um, and, and emerging markets have had a, a really, really tough time of it this year. Truthfully, those markets that have had its toughest, uh, Turkey, Argentina, spring to mind, are not part of BRICS. Um, but I think the, the, the key point and, and, and the key benefit is less that's what's been said in public and more probably the, the corridor talk and the bilateral sort of you know, on the sidelines of the meetings, not just between governments, but also there'll be corporates and, and, and ministers who've come along as well, um, and, and what flows from that. And you know, we're not going to sort of wake up uh, uh, you know, at the close of the meeting and, and, and everything's 100% better, but it is, it, it's, it's, it's putting out a, a, a united face. It's, it's showing that uh, emerging markets haven't collapsed at all, collapsed in a heap and, and are completely uninvestable. And truthfully, there probably will be some deal flows coming. Uh, we've already had some talk around the Chinese and, and, and you know, questions around what are the, the terms and conditions with that, and, and truthfully, we don't know at this point. Uh, but generally, these sort of summits are, are perhaps on the one side not as, as great and spectacular as, as, they, as they're often made out to be, but on the flip side, there certainly are benefits to them. And uh, the big wheeling and dealing takes uh, place behind the scenes and not from podiums. 
um, and, and the podium uh, talk is what the media get. So it is a bit of a. Let's see. I hope, um, I hope you're right. Maybe we see some deals, and, and we desperately need those. Let's quickly run through company news, and let's let's start with Into Big Property Group. Um, but the share price being hammered at the moment, uh, and that follows a uh, the company reporting a loss for its interim period and the resignation of David Fischel as CEO. Um, the loss amounts to 503 million pounds, and that's for the six months to the end of June. And that is from a profit of 123 million pounds in the comparable period. Um, uh, what did you make of this? Yeah, the, the results were weak. I think, yeah, and, and if we step back just a moment quickly, remember Hamilton was going to buy into and then didn't. And if we if we look at the share, it, it's been under pressure pretty much since 2016. You know, when Minister got fired, the currency weakened out, and that obviously helped into because they, they earn in, 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 in sterling. But that's now, you know, come back, and, and we've seen a steady decline over the last couple of years. Um, and, and, you know, with respect to into that, you know, one of the lines is they own and manage some of the best shopping centers in some of the strongest locations in the UK and Spain. Um, but they, they're, they're not the best, and they're not the Covent Gardens and the like, which Capco owns. Um, and the UK, Brexit fears are real, Brexit fears are there, uh, and the results were, were, frankly, I thought, quite weak. Um, and the market, as you pointed, uh, is certainly punishing the stock, uh, marking it down some, some 6%. And I think if I had a quick peek a moment ago, stock's done about 30% over the last 12 months, 38% over the last 12 months. So in a sense, the market's been pricing this weakness in, um, but I think the weakness that we saw in these results was that's more stock than expected, hence another 6% odd sell-off so far today. Yeah. Uh, Nedbank uh, issued a trading statement ahead of the announcement of their uh, first half results in August. Uh, pretty, it seems like they will uh, perform quite nicely. Uh, they expect headline earnings to be between 23 and 28% higher, and that's mostly due to the African business Ecobank returning to profit. Um, and it's a big business. It operates in 30 countries. And it's uh, and it has been a, one of the negative aspects of Nedbank for a while, and it's good to see some of our banks actually reporting double-digit digit growth. Yeah, and 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 and, and not double-digit as in you know ten point one percent. You know, double-digit starting with the two is is yeah. almost unheard of. Uh, as you say, the, the African business is back into profit. That's been the problem child for them for a number of years. Uh, that being resolved, and, and let's hope it's not a one-off. Let's hope that this is now the beginning of long and sustained profit. And, and no reason to think not that NetBank have finally got that operation properly working. Um, and that's great for them. So this, we'll see the big boost in these results, uh, and then that will work its way through the system, of course. And in, in years ahead, we might be back to sort of you know teen uh, growth, maybe high teen, maybe low teen. Um, but it's a good number for, for a stock that is that is not by any metric expensive. Uh, price earnings. Historic, just below 11. Uh, a dividend yield uh, again, historic, just over 4%. Um, it's, it's a it's a good it's a good story for Nedbank. Our, our banks generally are, are well positioned. Um, the concern around Nedbank was always those those African assets which have been loss making for years, mm. uh, and turning that around really is a, a, a good deal for Nedbank. Uh, British American Tobacco, it's a boring company from a investment or a, a financial perspective, uh, up nearly 5% today on some solid numbers as well. 
Yeah, solid numbers. The stock's been under massive pressure. Uh, back in 2016, it was up at a thousand, almost a thousand rand a share. Uh, obviously, you know, the, the, the pound has, has the strengthening in the, in the rand has has taken some shine off it. But also the deal with Reynolds, there was concerns around how much they paid and the synergies and the like. But I think what we're seeing, and a number of commentators have been saying that at this sort of you know, 700 level, uh, and it went down to almost as low as 600, it was, it was certainly offering some value in, in the space. And I think these results have, have confirmed what many have said. I don't think it's necessarily going to get back to a thousand rand anytime soon. Uh, but it is a boring, steady business. Uh, kind of had made, I would say lost its way, but maybe wobbled a little bit off, off, off the track. But these results show it's back on. Uh, we're starting to see some synergies from Reynolds. Those will continue to come through over the next couple of years as they bet that deal down because it was a giant-sized deal. Uh, and the market's rewarding, up just over 5% as we speak, uh, trading just shy of 725 um, and, and looking like it's, it's sort of got that momentum and got the results behind it where it can continue to, to, to move higher. Thank you, Simon. That was Simon Brown from Just One Lab. Now on the line is uh, Peter Major from KD's Corporate Solutions. Uh, Peter, welcome to the show. Uh, Anglo-American reported uh, results today, interims to the uh, uh, for the end to the end of June um, and pretty solid uh, EBITDA up 11% to 4.6 billion US dollars um, and the return on capital of 19% and the debt down by 11%. What did you make of the numbers? Thanks, Rake. Look, I doubt I can tell the average guy, let alone somebody who follows this company, anything new than what was in the paper. It I thought it was a solid result. And it's a nice spread of commodities, although most analysts are saying, hey, they, they were less than they should have been in coal. Diamonds was down from what they should have been. Platinum, I think that's what surprised everybody. It was, it was almost 50% better. It, platinum certainly surprised me. I, I watch the platinum price all the time. And as you know, it, it's trading at about a 13, 14-year low price. So it's, it's pretty impressive how they fixed up Amplats. It's still only about 10% of total earnings, but with a, a platinum price so low compared to other metals. But Peter, I saw that the, the South African contribution to Anglo's um, your business is actually uh, diminishing. Currently, it is uh, not, uh, I don't know even how, if it's 10% of the whole business. But in this instance, it wasn't much above that, but it's been shrinking continually for the last 15 years. And it's been shrinking very rapidly for the last 10 years. And I know Anglos has been diplomatic about it. But, hey, reality triumphs optimism. Reality triumphs um, politics. The reality is it's harder to make money in South Africa. And the scary reality is look how much they're spending of their CAPEX outside the country. You know, to see that they're going to spend over $3 billion for just um, – 60% of a copper mine is and its way out of South Africa and that they're going to get an IRR of 13%. Now, man, that is big capex. It shows how much they like copper, but unfortunately it also shows there's just nothing in South Africa they can see other than maybe diamonds that they'll even maintain capex. And sure, Amplats, the results are pretty good, but this company used to own probably 60% of the, the known platinum reserves in the whole country, and they've had to shrink, shrink, shrink just to keep the profitable ones surviving. You're right, yeah. Ray. There's not much CAPEX here in South Africa, and you need to look at that because that's a flagship 
of our mining companies. So why mm. will a foreign company come in here if such an established one doesn't want to? But we have the BRICS summit on and uh, one of the main themes is investments uh, and, and I know the South African delegation is really uh, sweet-talking many potential investors to put money in the ground in South Africa and to invest. But uh, this uh, scenario with Anglo-American is, is startling and it shows that there are many other better opportunities in the world and that we need to get our house in order for us to attract these uh, desperately needed investments. Well, sure we do. And, and one of the ratios that people look at in the private equity industry and, and in listed companies is how much CAPEX are you spending to get your NPV back? And and when you see that the, the NPV of this 12 Echo project is, I think, about 1.2, 1.3 billion, and they're spending 3 billion to get an NPV of 1.2, 1.3. I, I know a lot of instances we've seen companies bring projects to the to the community to put money in. The NPV equals how much you put in. In other words, you put in a billion, you get an NPV of a billion, or you put in two billion, you get an NPV of two. But here they're putting in three billion to get an NPV of 1.2, 1.3. That means it's hard to find good projects. I think that worries the market a little bit. It says, geez. They're only getting an IRR of 13%. That means it takes you four years just to get your money back, and it takes you another two years to get some kind of return. Um, there's other good parts of these results. It shows the balance sheet's really strong. They don't even have debt anymore of $4 billion. We remember a few years ago they had debt of $11 billion. Um, and it's a nice spread. You know, copper's 23% of earnings, diamonds 12 Coal, surprisingly, you know, 47, 48%. You know, coal is still almost half. It's like your results on back. It's the dirtiest commodity you can get, but it's still almost half of their earnings. But, yes, the South African contribution is falling fast. Mm. It, it continues to fall, and but, there's just no way it's going to go up. Thank you, uh, Peter. That was Peter Major from KD's Corporate Solutions. Unfortunately, that is all we have time for today. This show was brought to you by the South African Institute of Chartered Accountants, leaders in business. And that's it for this edition of the Money Web at Midday Show. My name is Raik van and thanks for tuning in. Numbers rule the world. Inflation, interest rates, petrol price. And when numbers change, you need to know how to respond, especially when it comes to business. Partner with a chartered accountant and get far more than a numbers person. A CASA is equipped with holistic business acumen and decision-making expertise when evaluating your business's future growth. Partner with a responsible leader in business. Partner with a CASA today. Go to saiga.co.za. 